Oh, boy, here we go for the big old hump day show. Get over the hump. Over the hump. Over the hump. There I go again. I say it. I say it. Every week I say it. I start talking about over the hump. I start talking about the hump day show. I start thinking I want to go to Shakey's. Because you know why? Marketing. It works. Especially on fat people. When you talk about food. Delicious food. Pizza. Mochos. Chicken. It used to be a great advertising campaign. I used to go all the time on Wednesday. I don't know if it was cheaper on Wednesday or what it was. But used to go all the time with my friends at the uh, Radio Ranch there in Burbank when we were all iHeart Clear Channel employees. Fun, fun times. Man. I had a rule, too. If you didn't eat three plates of food and you rode with me, you had to walk home. I'm like, we're at a buffet, dude. You eat at least three plates of food or you are a waste of me and you will be walking back. This is my rule in the car with the stretch. All right, let's get off the fat guy talk and get into some moto talk. Up next, I have probably my most wah-wah-wah interview ever because it's only two questions long. Going to get to talk to Jay Sexton. They cut the entire press conference short on Saturday night with the 450 riders. The 250 stayed around for a good long time, and we'll get into that starting tomorrow. We'll start slicing those guys down. But in the uh, 450s, nine minutes total combined with all three riders, and that left two questions exactly with Chase Sexton by the time uh, you got it all knocked out of the park. And they're good, too. It was just getting good when they're like, yeah, okay, we're wrapping this up now. You're like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought Dan Hubbard was our friend. I thought Dan Hubbard was going to let us go. No, he's like, ah, we're wrapping it up. Get out of here. You guys get out of here. We're like, shut up, Dan Hubbard. All right, talk to these guys some more, Dan Hubbard. I got content I need. I can't be getting out of here in two questions. What will the fans think? And Dan Hubbard's like, I don't give an F stretch what your fans think. I'm letting these guys go. It's Easter tomorrow. And I'm like, Dan Hubbard. Well, my former friend, Dan Hubbard. Just when you became back to be an essential employee, you cut me off at the knees, Dan Hubbard. I got my eye on you, Dan. <laughs> Dan Hubbard. I love Dan Hubbard. Like give him a hard time, though. It's fun. All right, coming up outside of Moto, we are going to talk about a new way people are stealing your car. You may have heard about this already, but if you hadn't, you should know. And, and I'm not telling you because, all right, maybe you're going to catch someone stealing your car, but there's a good chance you may see someone doing this to someone else's car and you can be like don't think hey that's weird no call the police so I will get into that I have the return of my favorite OnlyFans girl ever in the history of ever and that's saying something because there's a lot of great OnlyFans girls out there but this lady she's my favorite she's not even here in America she is um, in Asia god she's she's just awesome so I'm going to talk about her. She made the news again, and if she makes the news, I'm going to talk about her because she's pretty cool. I'll tell you why you shouldn't be smuggling cocaine in the valley. It's a bad move, a really, really bad move. We'll get into that. And then I got a old-ass grandma that's in jail for the third time for a crime you would not suspect an old-ass grandma to be pulling off. You're like, she's slinging cocaine, stretch. I'm like, no, that's not the deal. That would be a good one. But that is not the deal. It's way better than that. This old lady doesn't play, man. She is down. And then I have a story about Uber where someone did a little study. Some reporters did a little study 
And Uber's like, that's absolutely false. That is not what we do. Yet the hard evidence of what the results from the reporters' investigative study, and those investigative reports are good, man. They bring big companies down with those. And it looks like Uber's sticking the shaft to people. And I'll tell you what you can do to save a few bucks on your Uber bill. It Because it's happening. There's algorithms and all this, and it knows a hell of a lot about you. It's kind of spying on you and charging you more in certain situations. I'll fill you in on that. They deny it, though. Just for their record, they say that doesn't happen. It was just a coincidence that certain people are being charged more. I'll tell you why. They find out you're you're a naked guy like Moto Man that likes to sun the uh, puckered starfish out in the field, and they charge you more. And that I'm, I'm okay with. I'm Stretch. Up next, kind of an interview with Jay Sexton. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Rockstar Energy Husqvarna writer Christian Craig has a Craig family vlog over on YouTube where he shows stuff with his wife and his kids, usually revolving around supercross races and training and that kind of stuff. But he just posted his latest video called Season Ended, which shows his big wipeout at the Glendale, Arizona Supercross that uh, happened during free practice and then part of his time in the hospital and then him leaving the hospital. So it looks like he is back home in Florida recovering from all those injuries by now. We'd like to wish him well again here from the Big 49, and we will see you back on the track soon. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is Stretch, and here's a look behind the curtain right now. Going to tell you how this all breaks down. We are about to get into our interview with Chase Sexton from the HRC Honda team. And he was back on the podium this weekend in Glendale, Arizona. And this is how this works. When, when they we get these interviews, it is just a big room. And in that room, there are a crap load of reporters. And then there are even more of us that are online that are watching and asking questions online. And it's the Supercross's uh, press conference where we get the 250s and the 450 riders. And then you ask the questions, you get that content, and you can use it however you want to promote the sport and, and do good things with it. And that's what we do here on the 49. We are ambassadors of Supercross and Motocross, and we love the access that we get, and we're grateful for it. But, you know, you're at their mercy. And this week, for whatever reason, the, the I'm not kidding, sometimes they'll they'll – Cut it, they'll cut it so you'll only get access if you're online for like the second half and then you don't get all of it you get a few questions and then other times like this week they just decided to give you a whopping complete and total nine minutes with the three riders not nine minutes each and not nine minutes of one-on-one -on -one time it's a million people in a room and you had nine minutes with all three of the podium riders of the 450 division the 250s were much better but, man, the 450s absolutely suck this week, so you're going to hear this interview right now that I'm going to play for you, and you're going to be like, Stretch, you suck. Why is there only two questions with Chase Sexton? I thought you liked him. I do like Chase Sexton. I dig that guy. He is a very cool dude. He's always been cool to the 49, and we got limited access. So here it is, a couple questions with Chase Sexton for my moto interview of the day on the Big 49. It is Stretch. We are sitting down now with the podium of the 450 Supercross in Glendale, Arizona. And not only is it this guy's first time back on the podium in a little bit, it is 
a championship moment for him as Chase Sexton was crowned the Triple Crown champion this season after his strong finish tonight coming in second overall. And he goes 2-1-2, I believe, on Supercrosses. And that will get you the Triple Crown championship for a season. So, Chase, congratulations on picking that up. Is that a big deal to you? Or are you laser-focused, eye on the prize of getting back in that fight with Eli and Cooper? Like, what does it mean to you to be the Triple Crown champion of 2023? I mean, it's, it's definitely cool. It's uh, another trophy I can put in my house that's a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I was good in the Triple Crowns this year. I, went, I think I was 1-2-2. Two, two, so. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, my riding has been solid and just, uh, yeah, my starts were a little bit off tonight, but yeah. overall I thought like my riding was good and starting to feel better back on the bike again. We made some good progress this week, yeah. um, testing. So going back to Florida now and start, uh, kind of hitting it hard again and, um, ready for these last five rounds. All right, now last week you had a, a weird experience where Cooper Webb in midair during the heat race turned around and gave you the finger gun, and then afterwards in the post-race press conference when asked about it, he was like, yeah, he like did it to get in your head. So is there some type of uh, uh, beef with you guys, or is Coop just playing head games? Uh, what's happening with you two? And tonight uh, we didn't see that, and you didn't do one back. Yeah, uh, no finger guns tonight, but uh, it was, I don't know, I, there's nothing, I don't have anything against Cooper, I think. Okay. Um, he just got a little fired up, and yeah. I, I didn't really know what to say, so, um, <laughs> yeah, not much to say on that, just, I think he was just in the moment, and uh, we all get fired up sometimes. All right, well, Chase, I'd like to see you fired up at Atlanta, and maybe uh, you could pay him back. Maybe you could pow-pow, pow-pow Cooper Webb when he tries to pow-pow you. Or maybe Coop's going to give you a double pow-pow over the finish line, no-hander, something like that. So we'll see what happens as you guys get back to racing in Atlanta this coming weekend, and best of luck to you there. I am stretched. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Pow-pow! Big 4-9, it is the Stretch Show here on a Wednesday. Let's get into this one right now. And also, I, I don't like getting sued by giant companies, so as I tell you this knock on Uber where they are denying it, I'm also going to tell you that this didn't happen in the United States. This was done over in Europe, over in Brussels. Shout out to our listeners in Brussels. I know there's people uh, uh, dropping down listening to the Big 4-9 over there, so shout out to you. We appreciate you. This is an article that some journalists did over there in a Belgian newspaper, which I could not even begin to announce, uh, uh, properly enunciate that name. So I'm not even going to try. Just tell you, it was done in Belgian by some Belgian news reporters, and they wanted to see. Apparently, and, and this is how these things happen. You're sitting around with your buddies, and you're like, Hey, man, I, I took a Uber ride the other day, and it was really expensive, blah, blah, blah. Really? Uh, I went to the same place. It was uh, it was kind of cheap. Uh, my, mine was normal. That That's weird. So they go, well, let's check this out. So what they did is they got two people who made identical requests at the identical time to go to the identical place. So let's say uh, I'm in downtown at this address. And I want to go to the west side at this address. And we both did them at the exact same time. So there was no surge pricing or anything like that. And they found that the person who had one guy that did it had an 84% battery charge. 
and they were charged uh, $16.60 for the ride. There was another person whose phone was dying and they only had a 12% battery charge. The person with the low battery was charged 12% more whenever they did this test. They were charged like 18 something. It's only a couple bucks, but it shows you the predatory practices of everything you do. Everything in the world is predatory, but gotta think, you gotta have the app on your phone. It knows everything your phone's doing because you have the app and you've given it all kind of accesses. And if your phone's dying, you don't have time to shop around because I'll go on, if I've ever had to take ride shares, I'll go, all right, what's, what's Uber do? All right, what's Lyft do? And then I'll, I'll bargain shop around and I'll find the best thing. Well, you can't do that when you have a 12% battery life and you're standing on a curb somewhere and your phone's about to die. Apparently Uber knows that and they charge you more for that. Now, Uber denied that their payment is determined on how much charge a phone battery has. They say the app is not able to even measure a user's battery, which I find to be complete shenanigan BS. That thing is on your phone. It knows everything you do. Uh, and they say, by the way, this is not the first time this has happened. Uber's former head of economic research said in an interview with NPR that the company had found that people with lower battery levels were more willing to pay for surge pricing. So they started using it, and this was in 2016. So the fact that they deny this, pardon me if I don't believe them. I, I believe they're lying. And I believe they look at your phone and they freaking will charge you more if your battery's low because you're, there's that, weird thing like I've been in a situation before where I was dropping off a car somewhere and I'd take a ride back and I was using you know Uber or Lyft or whatever the hell it was to get back and I remember looking like oh crap my phone dies they're not gonna know where I am because you're linked with that driver when they're coming to get you and I'm, I'm stressing out there my battery level was low and I remember my phone died in the car and then when I got back I was able to plug it in and I didn't even do the tip until a while later because I had to recharge my phone because it died in the car. So I was stressed though that I wasn't going to get in my car before the phone died and I see they're fully aware of that and they probably charged me more. I would have to look back at that because I don't use rideshare apps at all because I can't stand them due to my day job. But it's pretty interesting to know that. So if you're going to go out and take a rideshare service, they're going to try to screw you, do yourself a favor, charge your phone as full as you can before you go, and you might save a few bucks. I'm Stretch. You're welcome. It's the Big 49. The Man Entertainment Report! Big 49 has listeners all around the world, and we've got listeners in the great state of Hawaii, but apparently not enough because some dude named Mike Morita was out surfing, you know, having a good time when a damn shark came up and bit his foot off, and he listened to Stretch. He had never been in the water in the first place, and he'd still have his foot. Yeah, people say, we're not on the menu for sharks. You're full of crap. This guy got his life saved by other surfers that used their leashes as a tourniquet so he wouldn't bleed out before they could get him to the hospital. He's now recovering fine other than he doesn't have a foot. 
Yesterday it was announced that the future touring plans of George Thorogood and the Destroyers have been put on hold due to a serious medical diagnosis on Thorogood that will require surgery and some time to heal. We don't know what it is, but it has canceled the remainder of their summer tour plans. If you're a fan of the chicken joint Raising Cane's and Post Malone, you should go to Utah because most everyone knows that Malone and the dude that owns Raising Cane's are really good friends. And Malone recently moved to the Utah area and decided he needed a Raising Cane's nearby and told his friend, if you'll put one here, I'll completely design it. He said, okay, and this is a Raising Cane's like no other with medieval themed restrooms. The entire thing is wrapped like it's a weird looking promo vehicle, but it's a restaurant. It's also got a Ford F-150 classic one sitting in the parking lot that's a permanent fixture that doesn't move and all kinds of other things, but it's in Utah where Post Malone lives now, and now he's got his very own basically raising canes right by his new pad. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Ah, uh, it's the Big 49 on a hump day. Time to get horny. We'll talk about OnlyFans. What will probably hands down be my favorite OnlyFans performer in the world. She reigns out of Hong Kong. On social media, she goes by Kiki. But I think on OnlyFans, her name is Kiara A. Kitty. Kiara A. Kitty. And she's famous because, remember, I told you about this lady before. She farts in jars and sells them for like 40 bucks. She also sells dirty underwear. She sells all kinds of stuff and people buy the hell out of it. This girl makes a fortune doing OnlyFans. She's a hot little Asian girl out of Hong Kong and she farts in jars and sells it to people and has no shame. And it's like, yeah, people buy it. She'll brew up a stinky one and she'll even eat up some stinky stuff. And apparently she was looking to make some stinky farts because she headed over to Korea and you know what's in Korea is kimchi. Kimchi is like rotten fermented cabbage. You eat that, man, you got farts for days and they are gonna not be lovely. And she was over there and she was doing some social media filming because that's another thing she does. She films herself constantly on social media. And she had even been banned from Twitch after she got caught eating a sausage while dressed in her underwear for provocative. She got banned from Twitch for provocatively eating a sausage while wearing her underwear. She's not naked in any of these. And well, while she was over in Korea looking for kimchi to make some stinky farts to sell some nice bottled up uh, reekers, if you will, she was walking around filming herself and this chick's good looking and she has large boobs and she was walking around with a fur coat on and it looks like like a lace uh, bustier, I guess they call those, underneath it. And she was walking around filming it and you could see her cleavage. And sure enough, as she's walking, two police officers walk up to her in this video and they are speaking Korean, to which she responds, I don't speak Korean. It's my first time ever in Korea and I've never been to Korea before I don't speak Korean. Uh, What's happening, I don't know your law. And the officers are very polite, very nice, and they went and got a translator and they came back and they spoke to her And they told her, basically, we have reports of your boobs being out. And she's like, my boobs have not been out. I've been filming the whole time. And 
She says, you know, does this look like my boobs are out? She's wearing that lace top with the fur coat. Like, it's it's a cleavage-bearing outfit for sure, but it's definitely not illegal. I've seen way, 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 way worse than that on the streets. Uh, the cops got her to show her ID. They talked to her, and they explained for her to dress properly, and she said she would wear her clothes properly. And then as the police walked away, she said some jealous bitches complained about my tits. Uh, yeah. She said they need to shut the hell up and let me make my money. I'm not kidding. I wonder if they would have arrested her if she had been sitting there farting in a jar. And I also wonder if when she farts in the jars, does she pull her pants off? Is she farting uh, butt, butt ass naked into the jar? Or she farting because farts, you know, they permeate through your clothes. I'm, I'm well aware of that because I drop bombs on myself and, and I never feel that my pants or underwear do any sort of filtering whatsoever. It fills the air with some stank. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, the lady then said uh, the, the officers also told her that no, that no, they said you were in your underwear. She's like, I'm not in my underwear. She's wearing a lace top under her jacket. She was, it was not provocative at all, but I imagine in South Korea, they're not one that. In North Korea, they would probably uh, put her in jail or something crazy, but um, our favorite girl, uh, Kiara Kitty from OnlyFans, almost getting popped for letting it all hang out in Korea. And I say she was just there working. She was working hard because that's what she was doing. She was getting the kimchi so she could brew some stinky farts to sell to people. I don't know how many of those Moto Man has up on the mantle, but he can't get enough of the Kiara Kitty stinky farts. You go, Moto. I wonder if she does nude nudes on OnlyFans. Moto, we got to look her up. That's your homework assignment. Check out Kiara Kitty, the uh, fart, stinky fart girl, and see what she's got. Yeah, we're getting we're getting Moto those for, for Christmas. Kimchi farts from Korea. Those are going to be the best. Those are going to be amazing, Moto Man. All right, up next, you often hear about me talking about my plan B for the 49 of slang and cock high. And I'll tell you why that's a really bad idea to do, unless you're a professional. I have a 19-year-old girl. She's probably really sorry she tried that slang cock high. Talk about her next. It's bad. It's really bad. It's the big 49. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz well, i don't know if this is actually coming out in any sort of massive distribution deal but i did see it on social media and it was at least available over the weekend in phoenix arizona for the latest round of the supercross and it was a company that does flannel clothing called dixon a local arizona brewery called the shop beer Com, and they got together with Kenny Roxon and made some kickstart Kenny beer. Sounds like a good time to me. I'm in. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's Stretch Show. Probably have heard me talk about Plan B of the Big 49. If I got a slime cocaine, keep the Big 49 rolling to keep that freight train moving. So be it. I get on the phone. I got some friendly, nice Mexican drug cartel people we can talk to that we can do business with. Not the ones that kill Americans. No, the nice ones. They have clowns and stuff, and not the clowns that kill you. No. And 
We can slang. Cocaine. But it's not for everybody. It's tough. I even devised a plan. I even have the plan. I even took a piece of paper out and made some notes on a cocktail napkin. I was going to get Moto Man on the Honda 70 with his Ninja Turtle backpack. This is the giant one that makes him look like he's a Ninja Turtle because it's so huge. And I was going to stuff that thing with kilos. And I can call my homie Rick Ross. And I was going to be like, Rick Ross, roll me up a Rolls Royce Phantom because I'm be pamping and rolling out with you when Moto moves all my cocaine. But, you know, those plans are on hold. Big 49's holding its own. I don't need to do that. I haven't needed to take that action yet. And a lot of people have that. A lot of people see there's money in slanging cocaine. So, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to look at the amateurs and we're going to learn from their mistakes and we're not going to do what they did. Let's take the case in point of a 19-year-old girl from Brazil. She apparently saw dollar dollar bill signs, y'all. But she decided she's going to move three keys of cocaine in her luggage through the airport yeah I can't make that up that's never a good idea by the way never a good idea moving kilos of cocaine in your luggage through an airport into a foreign country she's a Brazilian girl cute Brazilian girl she's now sitting in jail in Bali and it gets way worse for her so she went through she now says no 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 this is not what happened. She was taken advantage of. Yeah, sure, I have three keys of blow in my bag, but I am not a cocaine smuggler. Um, no. What happened is she got tricked into moving cocaine for a gang, and they hired her and told her that the temples in Valley is where they go and they pray for sick people, and her mother had recently suffered a stroke and was very ill, so she was flying to the Buddhist country to pray for a cure for her mother to seek Buddhist prayers. The gang promised to pay for surf lessons while she was there. She just needed to bring a package for them. She had no idea. She was like a three. Kilos of cocaine. I can't feel my face. My lips are numb. Yeah. There you go. Guess what happened this week? They didn't buy her story. They said, no, you knew what you were doing. You knew you were bringing cocaine into Bali, which is very, very, very illegal. Wanna know how illegal? She's been sitting in jail since January. And this week, she'd already been convicted. They don't buy her story that she was tricked by a criminal gang in Brazil. Because guess what, in Bali, they can't go get the criminal gang in Brazil, but they can get her because they got her cocaine. So she decided, I'm screwed. And they decided to seek the death penalty with the execution by firing squad for the 19-year-old Brazilian that tried to bring three Ks of blow into Bali. Bad move. I'm telling you. you. Get the smugglers blues. Go back old school 80s reference from out of Miami Vice. You get the smugglers blues when you get caught and they decide to put a bullet in you. And you get a bullet in you a lot of ways. Your business partners put a bullet in you. The cartel put a bullet in you. The popo put a bullet in you. Now you got the government of Bali putting a bullet in you. It's not for the faint of heart. Talk high, it's hanging. So be advised. 
It's a bad backup plan. Don't do it. Don't do it. We have not gone that route. I've just proposed it as a possibility. As of now, there are no plans to do that. Actual hard plans. Like I say, it's a cocktail napkin scribble so far, but it stopped there. Because I don't want Moto Man to get shot and killed by like the Bali government or the American government or the drug cartel or people whose territory we are cutting in on. No, I figure something better. I know. Work harder, make the big 49 work. That's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna blow it up, make it massive. So there you go. Moral of the story, don't be smuggling. Oh, hi. Up next, gonna hear the interview with Eli Tomac from yesterday, and then after that, we are gonna talk about an old lady that got popped. She got popped. Grandma got popped, and it's not her first rodeo, and you'll never guess what she got popped for. She could do some hard time. I, I don't know if she's getting out of jail this time. It's the big 4-9. Don't do cocaine. Big, big, big. The big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Privateer Kevin Morantz is a dude that also has a YouTube channel because he's got nothing but hustle in him. That guy hustles, hustles, hustles. And lately, he has been really good at getting starts in the 450 round of the Supercross. I checked out his YouTube video because if you remember last week, he had a really good start and then had a bad crash where he almost took out Eli Tomac and Chase Sexton in that third main event at the Glendale Supercross. Now, lucky for him, however, Eli kind of bounced off of him and kept upright. Morantz went down but popped up on the bike and ended up with a 17th finish overall. If you want to see his take on what happened there, just go over to the Kevin Morantz YouTube channel. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a stretch show here on a hump day right now. I'm going to tell you the strangest criminal story you will hear all day. It is not a 19-year-old uh, getting the firing squad in Valley. No. This is a 78-year-old woman in Missouri. You know what they say about Missouri. They got sunflowers and sons of bitches. I'm going to say this old lady was the latter. Her name is Gooch. I, I love this old lady. 78-year-old Bonnie Gooch got charged on Thursday with robbing a bank in Missouri. And she was a nice bank robber, though. She went in and she robbed the bank. She demanded $13,000 in small bills from the teller. And then during the middle of the uh, them getting the money together and putting it in a bag, she slid them a note and said, thank you. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. And then she walked outside and she jumped into her minivan with handicap plates on it. And she drove away, only to be pulled over a few blocks away and apprehended by police. And even the 5-0 said, hey, you know what? We pulled this whole lady over and we got our guns out. When we know it's the bank robbery suspect vehicle. And we ordered the person out of the vehicle and an old lady gets out and we're like, oh no, we got the wrong car. But then they say when they approached the vehicle, they found her standing there and there was bags of uh, a bag with cash in it and the cash was strewn all over the floor of the vehicle. And you're like, well, that's weird. Poor old lady must have been broke. No, this poor old lady's an effing criminal thief is what she is. Um, not her first time. I told you, not her first rodeo. She was arrested initially 
1977 for a bank robbery in California where she did some hard time because she got convicted on that one. And then she got Kansas City, Missouri, where she did it again in 2020. Now here it is, 2023, and this old lady's back to robbing banks again. That's solid right there. That's a gangsta B grandma. You need a gangsta beat grandma. People are like trying to show her mercy. I got no mercy for you. You're an old ass criminal. You should know better. Also, you suck at being a criminal. You're out there like slaying, you know, she should be slaying cocaine. It's, she might be better at that because she's got three bank robbery convictions now or arrests. She's going to get convicted on this one too. And I think because she's old, they're letting her go. And that's another thing. People know right now that the law is soft. You can fight the law and you can win because the law's not coming hard at anybody anymore. If you go in and say, I'm sorry, I'm an old person, I was broke, and they're like, okay, you poor marginalized old person, we'll let you go. Stop robbing banks, Grandma. No, you're going to get blasted, Grandma. You're going to go in there and someone's going to plow plow you. They're going to do the Cooper Webb bang bang, but they're not going to be doing it with a fake gun. It ain't going to be real gonna go over the finish line and turn around and go plow plow and grandma's gonna be dead you don't end up dead grandma i don't know maybe you got grandkids they're not gonna see you unless they come visit you in jail because you're an old ass bank robbing granny man that's like that where's your grandma oh no my grandma's still alive she's just in federal lockup for being a serial bank robber she got the money too 13 grand small bills no word if she had a die pack in there because they usually slide those in there or are you like, all right, I'll give it to her, but she's going to break a hip before she gets out the door. Crazy old lady. Check your grandma. If your grandma's kicking you down uh, money with blue uh, die marks on it, your grandma might be a bank robber or a stripper. Strippers, you don't know where they get their money. They might get money from bank robbers. Is what it is. It's the rule of the hustle. I'm Stretch. Step make 49. The Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Getting you ready for the weekend already. Supercross is headed back to the east, so the racing will start very early on Saturday here on the west coast. Look for the gate drop to be at noon Pacific time. And here's some great news. Not only are you going to be able to watch it on the Peacock like always, but NBC will actually carry it on broadcast television. Why is that great news? It's good for the sport. It attracts new fans, and we always love new fans coming to the Supercross and seeing the numbers grow. Now, the pre-show here on the Big 49, it's going to start at 10 a.m. with our usual Numb Nuts race team. So be here for all the coverage. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it's a stress show on a hump day. I'm rolling the danger zone again. This is two days in a row firing up the danger zone. Yesterday I told you how the president had Maverick sitting and standing by in his fighter jet and refused to have him shoot down the Chinese balloon, which we now know got a ton of information that they said it didn't. We jammed it. No, you didn't. We now know it got all kinds of sensitive information over some sensitive military facilities. Well, today I'm going to tell you about Danger Zone for you. You might need Maverick. Maverick might need to come and save your day. And I'm going to tell you this. is It's more of a public service thing. I've heard this for a while, and I've heard people talking about it, but it is the new way people are stealing cars. 
and it's interesting as cars get more and more smart high-tech gadgetry thieves are coming up with better ways to get them I know I saw a ring video from my neighborhood where someone had something that could unlock Mercedes and they weren't stealing them in my neighborhood they would just go around and you'd see somebody's Mercedes in their driveway go click click the lights would flash and then voila person would go in ransack their car steal whatever they wanted out of it and leave it's not that this time this is a new way they say someone has invented a it looks like a JBL Bluetooth speaker and they are for sale on the dark web and what it is is a vehicle hacking device and what they'll do is they'll walk up to a car any car that they, they demonstrate it uh, on a video with a Toyota RAV4 but they say it can be any car with a key fob. And so the new way to get in is through the headlight. They can come in and pop your headlight out. And once they get the headlight out, uh, and they say the reason that that point of entry is used is because it's the easiest way to get hooked into the CAN bus system. The CAN bus system of a vehicle is the method by which all of the ECU throughout a modern vehicle communicate with each other. It's part of the computer system. Your car is now a giant computer, and that's like the central nervous system of the computer. Everything, remember, so when you're in your car and you're driving and it says, we got uh, a warning, you got a light out, warning, you got this and that, everything's communicating with the, the main computer of the car at all times, and it's alerting you of things and letting you know. Well, they now hack in through the headlight with this little device, and as soon as they hack in, they are now into the computer of the car. They have now hacked into the computer of the car, and that's the easiest way to get it. They say there's other ways too, but you will see thieves come up, and they'll always have this looks like a Bluetooth speaker with them, which is really a hacking device. And they get into that computer system, and what it's now done is once it gets in, it identifies it as the key fob. And after they push the start button on the little JBL Bluetooth speaker, that it unlocks the car and then they get in and now that thing is the key and then it starts the car for it. They don't need your key fob. I know people leave their key fobs wrapped in tinfoil. People drop them in cans so they can't get hijacked. And that's all another way they did it. But as people got smarter and smarter to the ways of the thieves, the thieves get smarter and smarter, and now this is their new way. So if you see somebody at a weird hour taking a headlight out of a car or pulling a piece of trim off a car to get to some electronic part of the car, what they're doing is getting ready to steal that car, and they're doing it with this it's a newfound key hack is what it is, that you hack the key without having the key, and the car will let you right in. So once this gets in, it identifies itself as the key, and voila, they can roll out with your car. And all they got to do is tap into a wire up in the headlight, and that's how they're doing it most of the time. It's that easy. They say, so if you see somebody ripping off body panels, uh, getting into a car, or going through the headlight, or anything like that, uh, that is what they are doing, and you should call the police and go, I think somebody's trying to steal my neighbor's car right now. I know somebody that saw some guys, this is a good one, at their neighbor's house. And they were like moving a, a TV or whatever, but they were walking out middle of the day, putting it in a car. And then the neighbor came over 
few days later and said, hey, we were out of town. Our house got robbed. Did you see anything? Yeah, I saw guys moving a TV out of your car into a truck. And they're like, why didn't you call the police, you a-hole? It's like, it didn't look like anything unusual. They were doing it in the middle of the day, walking out. That neighbor was pissed. Yeah, you see something, say something. Isn't that the rule now since 9-11? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? See something, say something? Here's what I love. See something, call the police. And the police say, do they have a gun? You say no, and they say, F off. We're not coming. Typically how it works. But just be aware. Be aware of that. That that is a new way to get in. They say that they're going to have to, manufacturers are going to all have to go in and do like a software update on pretty much all cars to stop this from happening now that they know how they're doing it. So they're accessing the computer system through the headlight. And it's pretty easy to do. Be aware. And watch out for your cars and get your ring cameras on. I put another, I put like, I think I have like four or five uh, of like this ring doorbell things at my house. I just put another one in this week to cover the cars just for that because all the damn uh, catalytic converter thefts going on. Gotta do what you gotta do. And what's weird is it doesn't prevent it. It just gives you tape if it happens. So you got something to show your the police or your damn uh, insurance company or your home insurance or whatever you're going to use. Freaking thieves. I hate thieves, man. They should all go to Bali and get shot by firing squad, in my opinion. All right. Up next, I'm going to rerun the interview with Chase Sexton. As short as it was, it was rather spectacular. And then we're going to get up out of here. This is the final hour of the stretch show is at hand. It's the hump day on a Big 49. Big 49. It is a stretch show on a hump day, packing it up and getting the F on out of here. I felt like I informed people today. Might not have been the funniest show I've ever done, but it has been informative. Now you know your car can get stolen through the headlight. Now you know your grandma might be a thieving whore bank robber. Now you know don't sling cocaine in Valley. You get shot by a firing squad. God, now you know, make sure to charge your phone before you use Uber, because they're going to charge you more on a low battery and then deny that they do it. Don't sue me. It's alleged. Uber, they, they they deny it, so I'm telling you that. Even though the reporters from the Belgian newspaper said, no, 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 this really happens, F you. And then one of their own people did an interview about it in 2016. So, whether smoke this fire, Uber, I'm just saying. All right, tomorrow on the show, we will crack into the 250 Supercross interviews. They gave us a full press conference. The 250 guys, it's like, hey, we got families waiting to see us on Easter too. Why are and they have to go last so that the 450 guys go first because they're the they're the big dogs. And then the 250 guys gotta wait around after their race, and they gotta wait around for the 450 guys to race, and then the 450 guys to finish their press conference, and then the 250 guys get in. Yeah. It's crap. 250 riders get no respect, I tell you. No respect. And then they got to do a full interview. They, they, they went like 25 minutes with us. Got some good stuff with Chet Lawrence and RJ Hampshire. Mr. Levi Kitchen. We'll get into all of that starting tomorrow and then finish that up on Friday. This weekend, Supercross heading to Atlanta. Going to be an early one. Going to start at noon Pacific time. We'll start the pre-show at 10 on the 49. With all of the numb nuts as you've come to know and love, myself, Moto Man, Jason from HYR, Bookie Kyle. But I will be back tomorrow for the Thursday Spectacular. So until then, God bless you all.
God bless the United States of America. We need it. <laughs>